Anthony Richardson is week by week becoming a better quarterback, and it's very clear on tape, even if stats don't make it look like that. But we're going to talk about how he's developing here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered the season more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson, written work, whole nine sports, Giants Country, Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. We're talking about Anthony Richardson here, um, and one of the things that I want to talk about is that yesterday in Billy Napier's press conference that he does every Monday, um, he he brought up the number this time where he said 145 plus is the goal for quarterback rating. That that's one of the metrics that they use to evaluate Anthony Richardson's uh, season. So far, Anthony Richardson has gone above a 145 rating twice. Not great, um, but. He has done it in the Eastern Washington game, which you can kind of chalk that one. And he did it against Tennessee. Not surprising. Ton of yards. Touched two touchdowns, one pick. Just just a ton of yards on not a ton of completions. And so that kind of plays into it. Uh, he came very close against Texas A&M. He had a 144.6 rating, 135.4 against LSU, 129.6 against Utah, 119.1 against Georgia. Uh, 117.4 this past weekend, which again, a lot of that's completion percentage, which is what Billy Napier even talked about, where Billy was like, hey, completion percentage goes into that, and his completion percentage hasn't been great. Uh, So it's just nice to see that. But with AR's development is is kind of what I wanted to focus about today, and this was going to be the focus before Billy Napier said that. Um, But I think with Anthony Richardson's development, it's his comfort is the most important thing, and the biggest growth that we've seen here obviously he still needs work like accuracy is still a thing but his comfort as a passer and his comfort as the facilitator of this offense has improved significantly early in the year we saw he'd get rattled and he would not be able to rebound this year or this this past few weeks we've seen him get rattled but rebound we've seen him not get as rattled as even like that Kentucky game was horrible primarily because you saw him get rattled and he was just not capable of bringing himself back from that point and that's something where he's improved significantly it's been awesome to see because that's something where it it terrified me because you know you guys know I cover the Giants for SI and (laughs) Giants fans are like, hey, Anthony Richardson, you cover the Gators and the Giants. Let's hear about them. The thing that terrifies me is that Anthony Richardson was like, hey, like the like the pressure of being the quarterback for the Gators with 90,000 fans in attendance and social media being what it is gets to me. And I was like, well, New York media will probably get to him, but he's gotten so much more comfortable. I love how honest he is, by the way, because the biggest thing that I'm seeing him improved with is – 
that I'm seeing him still struggle with, although he's improved, is accuracy and ball placement. And uh, when I had Trevor Sikama here a few weeks ago, he talked about how the difference between Anthony Richardson and Josh Allen was the ball placement where Anthony Richardson's passes aren't even catchable, really. And he's improved there. It's not so much just in the dirt or sailed over people. He's still throwing too many fastballs, which we saw happen against South Carolina. We saw him, I forgot, I forgot who the, uh, who the intended target was, but he threw that thing like 80 miles per hour. Obviously not 80, but he threw it very quickly and he didn't need to, and it just beamed the receiver. So there's that. Um, but placement has been an issue. And Anthony Richardson even acknowledged this on Monday when he was in the press conference, which he's not every week, but he was there after Billy Napier. And Anthony Richardson was there, and they I forgot who it was that asked, but they asked him about his accuracy issues where he, he makes – some throws and then a routine throw just doesn't work. And Anthony Richardson kind of pointed out, he's like, yep, sometimes it's just me uh, not realizing how fast these guys are or forgetting how fast they are or forgetting how quick they could accelerate. Because he'll, And he even pointed out Ricky Pearsall. is like, he'll see Ricky Pearsall and he'll want to lead the ball to him. But then Ricky just accelerates so much and the ball's behind him at that point. And so he's kind of working on that, which is good because I, I love the honesty. I love acknowledging what your issues are and how you can improve that. I, I will say, yeah, too many passes, specifically behind that back shoulder where a receiver, whoever it is, whether it's Ricky or Xavier Henderson or Caleb Douglas this past week, the ball will be back here and usually the reason you want to lead them is because they've got a step on their defender. So if they've got a step on the defender, if I'm like, if I'm running like this and the defender's behind me and, and, and the ball's behind me, guess who the ball is pretty close to the defender. Like that, that's the issue with Anthony Richardson as far as his accuracy right now. It's that he's throwing catchable passes, but they are incredibly difficult to catch and they're in range for a defender to even just reach his hand out and break it up. And and that's the thing where you talk about these elite quarterbacks, you talk about placement and tight window throws. Anthony Richardson is missing those tight window throws. In fact, he's creating tight window throws because it's not a tight window to begin with. And then he's throwing it back here and the receiver has to make an insane catch if they want to catch it, or the receiver is just put in a horrible situation. That's kind of what we've seen. And that's kind of what we'd like to avoid continuing to see with Anthony Richardson, he can develop. And again, part of it, sometimes his footwork. Sometimes it's just forgetting how fast these guys are. Sometimes it's uh, rushing the throw. Sometimes it's a bunch of little things with Anthony Richardson, which are irritating, but also very relieving because you're like, okay, like, like, like he's close. Like he just needs to fix this little thing or fix this little thing. And he's getting there. And this season you've seen him improve on little things. Yeah, he still has footwork issues. They happen a lot less frequently than they would happen before. Yeah, he, he's throwing the ball behind re- receivers too much. That happens less frequently, uh, but still pretty frequent. Uh, he, he's just skipping the ball on the ground before the receiver. That happens way less often than it did earlier in the season. He's developing, and you're seeing that development before your eyes. And that's the thing where, look, Anthony Richardson right now, still one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. He's not a great quarterback yet, but he's made significant strides to get there. And I don't think you could do anything other than say he's going to be great because he's made significant strides. This isn't 
This isn't Felipe Franks, where he was the same quarterback for three years, went to Arkansas, was the same quarterback, but a little bit better. No, this is over, what, two months and a couple weeks? He's made significant strides to becoming a better quarterback. Also, looking at how much more aggressive he's getting as a runner, where he even said in the press conference yesterday, he's like, I'm 240 pounds. Someone needs to feel this weight. So whether it's running through people or running past people, making the defense kind of guess is also a huge, huge help for him. And another thing before we get to the next segment of how to, we'll say how to continue making his life easier. Anthony Richardson, for the past few weeks, since the Georgia game, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't come up limping. He hasn't come up gingerly. He's been getting hit and getting up and also celebrating after a big gain, after a touchdown, the little and he does like like he does that with the touchdown. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's confidence. And that was a big issue for Anthony Richardson earlier in the year. So it's no longer an issue. But I think we've got to talk about how he can continue this improvement, how Billy Napier can continue to make Anthony Richardson's life easier as a Florida Gators quarterback for the remainder of the season. But first, Today's episode is brought to you by Simply Safe because the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. I have it myself. I've told the story before. Vacation, Portugal, this past June. Got a notification that was like, hey, Doug, there's someone in your yard. Um, and luckily, it was a false alarm because it was just a kid with a ball. But if it wasn't, one, I would have been screwed because I, I wasn't here. And I don't live like like directly next to family, but also just, just I'm glad that it wasn't because it was a false alarm, but I still was like, okay, like at least I know if something was happening, I can, you know, call the cops or anything, but not an issue. Thankfully, customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college. And remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And here we're talking about how to make Anthony Richardson's life easier because. Yes, he's made strides every week. And that's the thing. He's not making these insane strides every week. He's making small – he's taking steps and they're becoming strides. That's what we'll say. Um, And it's adding up. And I will say one thing that I think the Gators should do over the remaining few weeks, use the running back in the passing game. That just hasn't been a thing where they have not even been considered – options in the passing game for much of this season it's it's irritating for me at least just because we've seen the backs when they've been involved be pretty okay you watch the was it a fourth and sixth i think against texas a&m where anthony Richardson rolls out and then just quickly shuffles it to montreal johnson picks up the first down this season uh trevor etienne has been targeted seven times he has seven catches so he caught every target 31 yards uh montreal johnson targeted 10 times, has 10 catches, 61 yards. They've made plays whenever they pick up the ball. Lorenzo Lingard uh, has two targets, two catches, 22 yards. Naquan Wright, three targets, one catch, 14 yards. They've been effective when they've been used. I don't think you can deny that part. Um, And that's something where we go, okay, those are like the easy little chunk plays, the easy little chunk yards that you want to see. And then that's the thing where it's like, I'm not saying, you know, 
send Trevor Etienne or Montreal Johnson just on a vert. I'm saying use them as a check down option because one of the things I think Florida has to do, stop keeping in so many people to block. Your offensive line has been great this year. You don't need to keep in on a single play Dante Sanders and Montreal Johnson. Use one of them as a pass catcher, just just as an option. Just have them wait and see if they need to pick anything up, which is why it should be a running back that goes out. But they, like, see what you need to pick up. If there's a blitz, they need to pick up. And if there's not, just go. You don't need six or, six or seven defenders blocking four rushers. It's just not a thing. And they've, they've, I will say, to their credit, they've gotten better with it recently. Still happens too often, but they've gotten better with it recently. Keep it up. Make it happen more frequently where you have more tight ends as pass catchers, more running backs as pass catchers. People complain about, you know, running backs aren't being productive in the passing game. Tight ends aren't being productive in the passing game. It's because they're blocking on 20% of their snaps. That's a lot. <laughs> like 20% of their passing snaps, they're blocking. It's hard to be productive when you're blocking somebody. Like, like it's hard to be a productive receiver if you're not a receiver. So I think you got to just... Just give him the option there. Give him the check down option, especially with how comfortable he's gotten in the pocket and navigating it and extending plays and creating extra extra yardage. Just give him another check down option. Also, if you have the tight end running around or running back running around, that means that there's one less defender in the area to make a play, one less guy in the area to push the pocket if Anthony Richardson is trying to navigate, if he's trying to slide up or step up, slide to the left or slide to the right. If there's one less guy in the area, that gives Anthony Richardson more throwing lanes and more rushing lanes. And that's an important thing that I think people aren't necessarily talking about with Anthony Richardson is he's gotten much more comfortable in the pocket. Give him a check down option. If the check down option isn't there, like let him run, but there won't be a defender two yards behind the line of scrimmage. That won't be the thing because a lot of times you'll see defender who will, will say whatever whatever linebacker is watching the tight end. And it's like, okay, well, if the tight end is into pass protect, then I'm going to spy Anthony Richardson or I'm going to play the shallow zone right, right behind the line. And if they do, guess who's watching Anthony Richardson? That guy. So if you have a tight end run a route, you take away that linebacker. That's what you see a lot of times against the Gators because they do that so often with a tight end blocking where – with the tight end blocking, with a running back blocking, you've got three guys running a route. Coverage is obviously going to have a pretty solid opportunity to to cover them. And then when Anthony Richardson wants to take off running, there's a linebacker right there. So I think that's one of the things where you've got to give running backs tight ends. Just You don't have to throw them the ball. You've just got to let them run routes and give them the opportunities to get open and the opportunities to make plays. And that, that's something that we need to see. Um, the, recently, we've seen the tight end slide get introduced, which – I know we saw it in the spring game with Noah Keeter. I loved it. I thought we'd see it a lot this year. We have not. You saw it with LSU does it a lot. Cincinnati still does it a lot. A lot of modern offenses do it a lot in their passing game because it's an easy completion with yards after the catch opportunity where if you don't know what the tight end slide is, and again, I, I know this is what I call it. This is what I've been taught to call it. I know other people might call it a different thing, although I haven't seen it, but I've seen I've seen some people in the comments say it's a different thing. I, I've never seen it like that. Uh, where's my let – me, let me grab this little pad and draw it for you real quick because the tight end slide is, we'll say, offensive line is right here. That's my circles. Here's the tight end. Here's the QB. 
QB rolls to the right, and he's got that option. Tight end runs behind the offensive line. He catches it, and he gets upfield. So that's that's what we're looking at here, where it, it's, of course, it's not showing up. There it is. So you got QB over here. He rolls, and tight end going behind the offensive line into the flat gives him an easy completion, and it gives him just free yardage. Gives your quarterback an easy completion, gives your tight end a run-after catch opportunity, and it, it's just great because a lot of defenses do not account for it. They should because it's very common now, but a lot of defenses don't account for it. We saw it happen. Uh, I think it was Dante Sanders who – I think I think Dante Sanders caught it, and I think it was, I want to say, an 11-yard gain after it because he got to catch and run after the catch. Um, yeah, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. It was, it, was, it was something where it was like near the first down marker when he caught it. But – Great play. It's easy opportunity. Maybe you could say, you know, we don't think the tight ends that we have playing are uh, are great run after the catch-wise, but even with Keon Zipper, you didn't run it, and you should. Also, Anthony Richardson, for some reason, loves the 10 to 20 range. Like, he loves the intermediate range. For someone who has a cannon for an arm, he loves the intermediate range. And that's, I think, part of why his completion percentage might drop a little bit, because he throws in a very difficult area which is good. That's where you see the crossers and a lot of dig routes are in that area. And he's looking for the posts and everything. So you see it, but you've got to get him more looks there then. Get Ricky Pearsall specifically in there more often. Like the last couple games, Ricky Pearsall, I feel like, has been cooking in the 10 to 20 range. Let him continue to do it. Let him continue to kind of work with that rhythm. Because Anthony Richardson also clearly likes throwing to Ricky Pearsall. I think he had eight targets this past week. Only two catches, but eight targets this past week. Let him continue to throw the ball to Ricky Pearsall's proven that he can be a reliable receiver and reliable playmaker after the catch, so let him continue to do that. We're about to talk about why the Florida Gators didn't target a 2023 tight end or why they likely aren't bringing in a 2023 tight end because that's something that I see YouTube comments, Twitter, the Lockdown Gators Discord, which, by the way, link in the description. Um... But first, we're going to have a quick word from BetOnline because this episode is brought to you by BetOnline. And praise be, the Florida Gators were eight-point favorites against the South Carolina Gamecocks this past Saturday. It is the first time this season that the Gators covered the spread while they were favored. They've covered the spread while they were underdogs. They've never covered the spread while they were favored. They did it. Praise be, it's here. And finally, finally, Made money on BetOnline, betting that they'd cover the spread. I also alt-bet it, and I bet that they'd win by, I think it was 18 and a half, and I was sweating for a bit when South Carolina was, like, getting close, and then Florida ran away with it. It was fantastic. But BetOnline is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about why the Florida Gators likely aren't bringing in a 2023 tight end, or at least not a highly touted 2023 tight end. Um, I see this in, in Twitter spaces, like I said. I see it just written on Twitter. I see it in my comment section. Um, every time I do a recruiting video, people want to complain about it. Why Florida is pretty much punting on the tight end position for the 2023 recruiting class. I will say this, because uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, like this this high-ranked tight end has Florida ties. This high-ranked tight end is, is nearby. Go get him. Um, one, I, I will say that I, I just trust this coaching staff to do what they're doing. 
Um, I realize that a lot of people are want to blame Will, William Piegler, who's the tight end coach. Don't. That's dumb. Just know that William Piegler was brought in because he's a great recruiter. Um, he's the one that got Ken Walker to Michigan State, and we saw what Ken Walker's doing in the NFL now. We saw what he did at Michigan State. He knows what he's doing. Just let him do his job. Um, but they also just have not pursued many tight ends for the 2023 class. I trust this coaching staff. I've said this story before. I've told this story before. I know someone who is not with Florida, but was with Billy at Louisiana at some point. And they've told me, like, look, like Billy Napier writes these insanely detailed uh, scouting reports on high school kids. Most college coaches will write two sentences, maybe three. Billy Napier writes incredibly detailed NFL quality scouting reports on these kids. He's bringing in kids that he wants. That's why, like, yeah, it's great that he's blue chip Billy. I don't necessarily care that he's not getting a top 50 kid right now. I don't necessarily care that he's, you know, that he's not pushing for tight ends. I trust what Billy's doing. And that that's one thing where I could say, I'll blindly trust it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the staff kind of took this evaluation period and they were like, hey, there's not a tight end that we think we need right now. And tight end's just not a huge position of need right now. Um, I think that's something too where people are like, oh, like, like tight ends haven't been super productive. I, I don't think you, you need a tight end right now though. I, I will say, um, again, I'm confident in the coaching staff. I just trust them to do what they're doing. But you've also got a lot of tight ends on the roster right now and probably will be back. Um, and you've got freshman tight ends coming in. I mean, you've got Hayden Hansen, who's here obviously every Wednesday. You'll see him tomorrow for two segments, as always. You've got uh, Arlis Boardingham is on campus now. He's another true freshman tight end. You've got Scott Isaacs, the third, is on the roster. That's the third true freshman tight end. Scott Isaacs is a walk-on. I don't care about if, if a player is a walk-on or not. Like, they're, they're on the team. They're, they're a young player here. Uh, you got Tony Livingston coming in, and I think January he gets here. Of course, he was part of this 2022 recruiting class. Had a shoulder surgery. He's rehabbing that and, and getting all situated. And he'll be in Gainesville next year. That's four true freshman tight end. Tight ends, sorry. <laughs> four true freshman tight ends. We're not going to harp on that, right? Like We're not going to say, oh, you need to bring in a new guy. You've got four guys, two of whom – in Hayden Hansen and Arliss Boardingham, like, like people like people have seen what they do in, in just practices and everything. And they're like, Oh, like, like this kid looks good. No different. <laughs> like there is no difference here. Like they still let them develop, let them fill into their roles. Uh, you've got Noah Keeter, someone who people are pretty high on. You've got Dante Sanders has more eligibility. I don't know if he'll be back, but he's got more eligibility. Keon Zipper, I don't know if he'll be back, but he's got more eligibility. I know Twitter wants to speculate that he's going to leave and join his brother with Utah. Maybe. Could happen. I don't know. Nick Elksness is someone who, whenever he's been on the field, has shined. Uh, Jonathan Odom, he's he's stepping up in the playing time that he's being given now. Griffin McDowell, uh, I think that's every tight end on the roster. But you've got a lot of guys here that can all contribute and can all play. And, and that's why I think you don't need to press for tight end in 2023 because you're going to have a lot of guys at the position. Even if, let's say, let's say Xanders and Zipper transfer out. You've got Keeter, Boardingham, Elksness, Isaacs, Odom, Hayden Hansen, Griffin McDowell, and Tony Livingston all coming in. You can assume that they're going to bring in a walk-on tight end for next year as well. So you'll have nine tight ends on the roster. 
you don't need to bring in more people and muddy up a position where enough guys aren't rotating in as it is. Not something you need to do. Also, maybe, maybe this coaching staff is thinking a, a tight end in the portal is what we need if there's one available. Like if there's a good tight end that hits the portal, we should bring them in. Because freshman tight end, unless it's Brock Bowers, freshman tight end tight ends usually don't contribute a ton. It's the same thing when tight ends get to the NFL and they don't contribute a ton in their rookie year. Same thing in college. Freshman tight ends usually don't contribute a ton. That's something where maybe you go, okay, well, let's bring in a portal guy. It's like the linebacker thing. Most freshman linebackers do not contribute in the SEC. So bring in a portal linebacker if you have a need. Most freshman tight end do not contribute in the SEC. Bring in a portal guy if that's what you think you need. But I don't see the benefit in bringing, hey, Next year, because all the true freshman tight ends this year are going to be redshirt freshman tight ends next year. I don't see the need in saying, hey, let's have five or six freshman tight end on tight ends on the team next year. That's just that's just not something that I see really being a need. Again, I trust this coaching staff to go, that's not a huge need. We have bigger needs elsewhere, like receiver, corner, safety, D-line, O-line. Like, like let them worry about other things because you're already complaining about play positions that they are strong at, but they're missing on guys. Don't complain about positions where they're not pursuing guys because then that'd be even less effort towards the other positions. So there's that. Uh, but that's why I think they're, they're pretty much punting on tight end, which again, I'm cool with. I, I have no problem with that. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators Wednesday depth chart as always and Hayden Hansen as always make your second listen locked on SEC hosted by Chris Gordy get the best coverage on the best conference including the best university the University of Florida for Lockdown Gators I'm Brandon Olson don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon find all my written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com and I'll see you all tomorrow